and welcome to the Have a Crack podcast, the show that allows at least one person to rant and rave about everything going on in the beautiful game that is football. Now I'm your host Luke Peach and today we'll be summarising the latest weekend of Premier League action with the likes of Arsenal versus Liverpool, the Merseyside derby between Liverpool and Everton and of course all the other results that went on as well. And yes, I will unfortunately be talking about the West Ham versus Tottenham game. But guys, before we get into that, please make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. And while you're at it, please head on over to Twitter and give us a follow um, at Have a Crack Pod. Be greatly, greatly appreciated. Spread the prog- podcast all over the internet. Uh, right, where shall we start? I think there's only really one place we should, really, and that is with the opening Premier League fixture of the weekend, uh, which was Liverpool versus Everton. Uh, Some quick facts that I will steal from the commentators of that game. It has been five years to the day since Klopp took over um, as Liverpool manager. Um, He started life with a 0-0 draw with Tottenham. And, uh, well, he's done all right since then, hasn't he? Um, He's reached two Champions League finals, reaching one of them. He's won the Premier League. Um, He's won a Club World Cup. And, um, you know, I can't even remember. Has he won a domestic cup in that time? Well, who cares? The main ones I've just said about, right? Um, And funnily enough, it has also been 30 years since Everton went into a Merseyside derby, top of the league. So, um, basically, 30 years, I'm only 29. So, the last time Everton went in first, I wasn't even on this planet. How lovely to think. Uh, A couple of uh, changes to the lineup from both managers. Obviously, Liverpool uh, lost 7-2 to Aston Villa, so they needed to change uh, quite a fair bit, and two noticeable ones, sorry, were Thiago and Mane coming back in after recovering from COVID-19. Uh, and Alan, 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 Alan and Gomez uh, came into the Everton midfield, replacing Sigerson and Davis from their last outing. Uh, the final result in the end was 2-2, but to be brutally honest, it should have been 3-2 to Liverpool, and we'll get to the reason why. Um, but to give you a quick roundup, Mane pretty much scored straight away, um, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. It was a sublime kick to the roof of the net. Uh, Robertson with the assist there. Uh, then the first real talking point of the of the match happened. Uh, Virgil Van Dijk found himself barreling um, to the to the left of Pickford's goal, um, and Pickford just basically decided to scissor kick him in the legs. And the replays, I don't think the replays made it look as bad as it actually was, really. um, Because you have to look quite carefully that Pickford actually forces Van Dyke's knee and and shin into an unnatural position. Like like if it it had much more force behind it, it probably could have even snapped. Um, But the big news is Pickford didn't even receive a yellow card for that because there was an offside that led to Van Dyke getting the ball, so VIR only reviewed up until the offside. Um, but no doubt, in my mind, in any pundit's mind really, that Pickford should have received a, a red card for that. In my opinion, he probably should receive um, 30 days community service and maybe even a, um, uh, go on some sort of register uh, for that. It was absolutely horrible. Um, needless to say, Virgil Van Dyke unfortunately had to limp off and he was replaced by uh, Joel Gomez. 
um, to replace him at centre-back. Uh, and the worst news ever for Liverpool, really, is Virgil van Dijk now needs surgery and he's likely to miss the rest of the Premier League season. Um, I think Liverpool even come out and said they will wait for Virgil van Dijk like a woman waits for her man to come back from the army or something like that. It was a very weird thing I saw. Um, but yes, uh, very unfortunate for Liverpool and a lot of people now writing Liverpool out of the title race completely just because they've lost Virgil van Dijk. It's also worth remembering as well, they've lost their goalkeeper Alisson to injuries, Adrian's deputising in goal. Um, uh, and of course, with COVID and everything happening, you never know if Salah gets it, if Firmino gets it like Mane had it, they could miss some really, really important games. Um, then what happened? Keane from a Everton corner. Rodriguez with the assist managed to get a header to it and blast it into the net. Um, so it was 1-1. Um, Adrian, if I'm honest, should have done better if Alisson was in the goal. I don't think it would go in. Then uh, there was the possibility of Gomez doing a high boot on Mane. Um, he basically lifted his studs up to the height of Mane's head, which probably isn't that hard because he's quite a small guy. Uh, but as he went to header it, um, they came pretty close. Um, I mean, it, no contact was made, so maybe a yellow card for me um, at most, but that just might be me not understanding the rules. <laughs> and um, Alexander-Arnold from the resulting free kick went very, very close uh, to put a Liverpool 2-1 up. Richarlison had a decent chance, um, all because of James and how influential he's been to that team. Salah then um, actually got the next goal, and it was an absolute rocket. Uh, it was um, his 100th one for Liverpool. Um, 17th Liverpool player in history to reach uh, the 100 goals mark. Uh, you have no doubt he'll probably set some more milestones before the end of his Liverpool career. Uh, and then it was all Liverpool for a while. Bickford managed to deny the likes of Matip, Jota and Mane again. Um, and as a result... Everton then scored a great team goal, uh, which ended up with Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting a header at the other end and, and smashing it past Adrian. And you could really, really tell at this point Liverpool were missing Virgil van Dijk at centre-back because he would have dealt with that cross, I have no doubt. And Alisson, um, as I said for the first goal, probably would have kept it out um, just because of the type of goalkeeper he is. Um, some more... Um, a horrible tackling, really, um, again from Everton. Richarlison this time, he basically uh, tried to break Thiago's leg and whatever community service and register I recommend Pickford goes on, Richarlison should probably do that as well. It took him a while to get up off his feet because he hurt himself as well through the challenge, um, but uh, he was given a red card for that, so a little bit of justice there, um, I guess. Um, but should have been the second Everton player sent off. Then right at the very, very last minute, uh, because that red card, sorry for Richarlison, was in the 90th minute, in the depths of added time, Henderson scored. Okay, he scored. Um, everyone was celebrating. It was 3-2. They had done it. They had beaten Everton. Everton were going to be handed their first loss uh, of the Premier League season. Then VAR happened. And... Uh, I I officially don't know what the offside rule is anymore. Um, you know, you think it's quite clear-cut. 
Um, I believe the VAR description, the use of VAR was to do something to review clear and obvious errors. That was not a clear and obvious error from the referee in my point of view. Um, I saw something online about it depends on where you draw the lines. Well, obviously, because that's how offside works. For me, it looked like Mane's left ass cheek uh, was offside. Um, and sure, I guess you can score with your ass, but not from where he was. <laughs> but uh, look, I quite like VAR. I think it adds another dimension to football. It gives people like me more to talk about. Um, and for every decision that goes against you, there's equally um, a, a decision that goes for you. So I do think it does it does balance out eventually. And uh, But this one did deny us a very, very epic end to a Merseyside derby. I didn't even think any Ever Everton players were contesting uh, the goal. Um, you know, because they, they believed it to be onside as well. Um, and as you can imagine, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool absolutely furious by this to the point now where I think Liverpool have actually gone to the Premier League and asked an investigation to not only this but also the Virgil van Dijk situation why Pickford's foul on him wasn't reviewed um, although <laughs> if they're going to do that surely 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 uh, the Premier League should investigate every VAR decision that's been dodgy for Liverpool right I mean, if you go on Twitter and you, you look at any posts about it, you will see in the comments evidence of really, really dodgy VAR decisions that have gone Liverpool's way. Yeah, And arguably, um, VAR really did contribute to them winning the Premier League. I don't think it was the it factor. Liverpool were brilliant last season. But you've got to say that if some decisions hadn't gone their way, they might not have, have won it by as many points as they did. Um... But hey-ho, that's just me. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, um, afterwards, he kind of brushed it off, because why wouldn't you? You've just got away with a, with a point, um, and your team stays um, top of the Premier League. Overall, it had everything this game. Red cards, fouls that should have been red cards, injuries to key players, which had talking points, VAR controversy, great goals from Salah, Salah Mane. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Keane, of course, as well. So, it was a great advert for the Premier League, but at the same time, it was a horrible one if you're really, really um, into football. Like, for example, when we were watching this game, um, if it was me watching it, I'd be furious at some of the decisions. Um, if it was my missive, she would just be very happy that both teams scored and, and a lot of stuff happened. So... There we go. So that was Everton versus Liverpool. Final score 2-2. Everton remain top of the Premier League. Liverpool losing Van Dijk to injury for possibly the rest of the season. And Richarlison seeing red. Right. Uh, what's my next game? Let's randomly pick one. Let's go for Man United versus Newcastle. Now, key talking points of this one going in, Man United coming off the back of their 6-1 loss to Spurs last time out, uh, and Newcastle um, coming in after the likes of St. Maxim signed a new six-year deal at the club. And Newcastle kind of riding a little bit high, really, after good results going for them. Um, and obviously, the whole story about Maguire. Loads of people calling for Harry Maguire to maybe take a rest from football. Um 
get over what's happened to him at the start of this season and, and, and move on, really. You know, that I even saw some people saying if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team doesn't win this match, um, then he could lose his position. And um, the picture of Maurizio Pochettino on a jet ski that I've seen on social media certainly comes to mind if and when that happens. Although, no disrespect, Ollie, it looks like um, I've seen another rumour of um, Allegri, uh, the former Juventus manager, might also be in the wings waiting as well. So, don't get me wrong, Ollie, I fully support you, go for it. I want you to keep the Man United job as long as possible, to be brutally honest. But, um, you know, when you've got those kind of two names hanging over your head, I think um, it's just a matter of time. Anyway, to the actual game, um, Manchester United ended up winning 4-1. The scoreline was a bit uh, flattering to Man United, I would say. 2-1 probably would have been a more fairer result to Newcastle. Um, but uh, Newcastle actually went 1-0 up with inside two minutes. Man United's horrible form from the Tottenham game literally spilling over into this one um, as um, basically Shaw getting a horrible ricochet off his foot which basically upped and overed De Gea. Um, and an own goal for for Man United there. Um, Fernandez uh, then scored uh, at the other end, but it was rightfully ruled out for for offside on Mata. Um, and then of all people to actually cancel out Newcastle's goal, one one from a corner, Harry Maguire's header. Uh, and you know what? Fair play. I still don't rate you, Harry, but fair play for stepping up. Fair play for powering through and getting your goal. And I know that you also did have a very good chance to score another one a bit later on in exactly the same fashion. Again, fair play. Good on you. Um, Newcastle boy St. Maxim, uh, forgive me if I, I say his name wrong, um, had a very, very decent effort kept out by De Gea. You could see why Newcastle have handed him a six-year deal. Um Either he will take Newcastle places or he will be worth a very pretty penny in a couple of transfer windows time. He played very, very well. Uh, Wilson should have also scored for Newcastle. I do not know how on earth the air kept out a little toe poke that he'd made. It was literally right in front of him um, and his reactions were brilliant. Um, to, to, to deny him but Newcastle had their opportunities which is why I said at the start United uh, 4-1 it kind of does flatter them a little bit um, later on um, this is going to sound like a broken record on these podcasts I get but um, Man United then got a penalty Rashford went down uh, rightfully so don't get me wrong they weren't uh, it wasn't a dive or anything like that Rashford was fouled in the box Fernandez stepped up to take it and he missed <laughs> Sorry, uh, I had to take a minute there to stop myself from laughing. Just because Fernandez could have joined Spurs and he didn't, and he keeps on getting penalties and scoring them. So when he misses, it's quite fun for me as a Spurs fan. Um, a quick note to say, Darlow in the Newcastle goal was absolutely unbelievable. Just like he was against Spurs, he is in a reign of form at the moment that, if I'm honest, is, is keeping Newcastle in games. Um, if, if only... The goals on the other side of the pitch were, were as good as him in goal. Newcastle probably would be in an Everton's type position if, if that was the case. Darlow, absolutely fantastic. Um, no doubt should be the Everton, uh, the, Everton uh, the Newcastle uh, number one, rightfully so he is. Um, and 
probably will get a move out of Newcastle if his form continues like this, if I'm honest. A good goalkeeper that is consistent is very hard to find. Um, then it went to the 86th minute and, well, three goals basically went in. Uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, scoring, great goal. Uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka getting his first goal for Manchester United in the 90th minute and then Rashford himself topping it off. Uh, at 96 minutes. So like I say, for a long period of this game, it was Newcastle 1, Harry Maguire 1, and it looked like, despite missing a penalty and all that kind of stuff, Man United weren't going to be able to get the job done. Um, but uh, the key things to mention about this one is at the start of the game, Manchester United did not start Paul Pogba or Donny van der Beek. Um, brought them both on, and by the end of the game, they'd won 4-1. Um, I don't know if it's tactical genius or luck, um, but if I had those two players at my club, I'd start them every game. I know Pogba isn't the same player he was um, when he was at Juventus or maybe in his first season at United. Um, but I still think he's up there with the best midfielders that Manchester United have got. So there we go. Manchester United 4, Newcastle United 1. Okay, um, some quick mentions for results now, because I'm not going to go into absolutely every single Premier League game, um, especially the ones that don't really have a lot to talk about. Um, unfortunately, if you're a West Brom or a Burnley fan, that means this week you're one of the games I'll sum up quite quickly. Uh, it was nil-nil, Burnley getting their first point of the season, uh, leaving them at the bottom of the Premier League, still with uh, no wins. And West Brom, obviously, a point doesn't really help them either. Uh, the clean sheet, probably on both sides, would be a good thing that you take away from it. Um, Burnley had some great chances through Chris Woods um, and... Um, I believe his name is Barnes. No, Barnes is Leicester. No, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, Ashley Barnes, that's his name. Um, so, by the looks of it, from what I could tell, um, Burnley should have probably won the game. Uh, by a goal to nil, maybe. Uh, but both both teams' goalkeepers were in great form. Um, and they just lamented their missed chances more than anything. There wasn't really any other talking points out of this one, sadly. Um, which probably summarises West Brom's and Burnley's season so far. Not really any talking points. You get a point, enjoy it. But ultimately, I think both these clubs will be down there at the end um, of the Premier League season. So sorry Burnley and West Brom fans, um, if you are listening to this, uh, hopefully next week um, your games are a lot better and I can talk a bit more about you. Sorry. Uh, another game I'd like to give an honourable mention to, Sheffield United versus Fulham. Um, again, two clubs that um, are having a rough start to the Premier League. Uh, Scotty Parker thought he had his first win um, on 77 minutes after Lookman scored. Um, but Sharp for Sheffield United equalised from the penalty spot with five minutes left to go. And again, that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of talking points coming out of this. Both teams really needing uh, a win, but ultimately only coming away with one point, which doesn't really help either of them. I think Sheffield United will take the point happier than Fulham, but that's only because of the position in the Premier League. Um, at the moment, both sides, like I say, really, really wanting the win. Okay, um, next up we'll go into a deep dive into Chelsea versus Southampton. Now uh, that was a cracker of a game. Six goals, three a, pe uh, peach, 
of my name, three apiece. Chelsea scoring twice with Timo Werner and once with Havertz or Havertz, Havertz, that's his name. Uh, and Southampton, uh, three different goal scorers, Danny Ings, Jay Adams um, and Vestergaard. Uh, some things to note, Walcott made his debut for or second debut for Southampton and uh, Chelsea really had an early advantage with the likes of Pudisic, Havertz and Chilwell all linking up quite well uh, and Werner um, actually scored a lot sooner than the 15 minutes it took him to score his first one because he, he did a beautiful, beautiful um, sort of pass to the goalkeeper. Um, which kind of went in, <laughs> um, but it was ruled out for offside, and rightfully so. But then, like I say, on 15 minutes, um, he basically danced around the entire Southampton backline and slotted in past um, the Southampton goalkeeper. Um, they almost had another, um, but the goalkeeper was in fine form after that one. Werner then basically did it again. He chipped a defender. Uh, chip, sorry, not chip the defender. He chipped the goalkeeper, and while it was in the air, he just dunked it down with his head into the goal. Um, you know, so Chelsea were two 0 up and cruising uh, at this point, and that was within half an hour of the game starting. Um, they could have even gone to three 0 Zuma was then denied from a corner, really, really strong header from him, um, but but saved. Uh, then basically, Havertz made a a horrible error. On 43 minutes, he got dispossessed um, in midfield, and they, um, the Southampton midfield, threaded it through to Danny Ings. And of course, in his form at the moment, um, you you could bank your house on him scoring, and he did. Uh, so 2-1 at this point, Southampton. Uh, sorry, to Chelsea. Southampton getting one goal back through that mistake. Uh, and then Kepa and the Chelsea defence basically decided to let Southampton score a second. Uh, that's the only thing I can I can say to summarise that's the next goal. Um, he, he came off his line, he came too far, um, and the Chelsea defence looked like they were standing still. And Jay Adams just plonked in the second one on 57 minutes. So it was 2-2 just after the break. However, this is the Premier League and games just don't end on 57 minutes really. Uh, Havertz then um, with what I would probably describe as a sweaty goal. Um, making up for his earlier error and leading to the Danny Ings goal. Uh, he combined very, very well with uh, Pulisic um, to just knock it into an empty net, 3-2 to Chelsea on 59 minutes. And then Chelsea um, brought on um, Hakim Zayic that they bought from, from Ajax, I believe, last year. Came on to make his debut. Um, but Southampton really did start to put the pressure on. And you could feel in the air that Chelsea were losing their grip on their lead. They managed to hold it all the way to the 92nd minute until Vestergaard got a touch and guided the ball past Kepa for a very, very last minute equaliser. This isn't the only 3-3 of the Premier League weekend and kind of ends in exactly the same fashion, unfortunately. Um, but... You know, I saw online that ever since Chelsea have been sponsored by three on their kit, they've conceded three goals in something like four games. So, um, quite funny there, I suppose. But um, Chelsea clearly have defensive troubles. But it's good to see that their strikers and their attackers, Werner and Havertz, really starting to settle in the Premier League and get themselves some goals. Uh, and a great, great um, job by Southampton. Danny Ings clearly firing on all on all cylinders. If Che Adams starts to 
pick up as well and then maybe they won't be in as dire situation as they were last season so yeah final score Chelsea 3 Southampton 3 uh, next up Manchester City versus Arsenal final score 1-0 to Manchester City um, some things I took away from the commentary uh, Arsenal have not won away to a top six side for well for ages basically 2015 2013 I think um, it was very much apprentice versus master master with Pep Guardiola in the Manchester City dugout and Mikel Arteta in the Arsenal one uh, Aguero was actually back in the Man City lineup despite his recent injury um, and uh, one thing to mention Arsenal were going to play Rob Holding at centre-back not David Luiz uh, but unfortunately he got injured in the warm-up so the change was made um, early days in the game in City were in control Mares had a great great shot within the first couple of minutes um, and later on it was actually Mares who set up Aguero um, to link it through to Foden who shot rebounded to the front of the penalty box where Sterling then uh, scored the only goal of the game um, fair play to um, young Saka at Arsenal obviously he's had a hell of a couple of weeks coming up for England and obviously he's got the number seven shirt at Arsenal which is very good for him he had some great efforts possibly Arsenal's best efforts of the game you can see he's loving his football and I think he will um, get better and better one thing I do have to say um, I think his name's Nicholas Pepe um, of Arsenal they signed him for 70 odd million a year or so ago and to be honest I'm struggling to see any justification for 65 um, of that 70 million uh, at the moment every time I've seen him he's been a bit well pants really um, I'm sure he'll turn it around Arsenal fans but uh, and, until he does um, he's looking like a bit of expensive spam expensive spam that's a new one um, I've got to be honest, I think if Kevin De Bruyne played, Man City would probably have scored some more. Um, but ultimately, because of his injury, uh, that Pep, I think, is, is blaming on the, on the harsh schedule, including international breaks on him. Uh, he didn't. Uh, the main talking point from this, other than the result, was there was a, chance, uh, a time where Aguero put his hands on the lineswoman. Now... Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, you have to YouTube it to, to make up your own mind on this. Uh, from what I can tell, the ball went out of play. Um, Aguero contested the decision. The lineswoman basically shrugged him off, didn't actually pay attention to him. Aguero then got really close to her and put his hand um, on her shoulder. And it looked like there was a little squeeze um, on the shoulder as well. Um, that was it. Aguero basically stopped after that and accepted the decision and, and, and ran away. Um, and the lineswoman shrugged it off as if it was nothing. And I have to admit, when I watched this, I thought, huh, okay. Um, I didn't think you were allowed to put your hands on a lines person. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, it's only then when I checked Twitter and Facebook that you see absolutely distraught tweets from, from everywhere, from people like Talk Sport and Sky Sports News and everything like that, saying it was an absolute disgrace that how dare he touch the woman there, um, the lineswoman there. Or, I don't know, was it worse because she was a woman? Who knows? Um, I personally think, you know, the rules state that you're not supposed to put your hand on the official, right? And if you do, then yeah, sure, yellow card, red card, if, if, I, if I suppose the officials think it was bad or, or, or anything like that. Um, 
But the way people have reacted to me, I think it was a bit much. Um, and I think that view is shared by, by Pep Guardiola himself. He was interviewed after the match uh, about it and he said, come on guys, it's Aguero. He's the nicest guy in the world. He would never hurt someone. He would never do anything inappropriate or anything like that. And I'm, I'm inclined to believe him. When you look back at it, it, it's as if, I mean, the example I gave was if I've had an argument with someone, if I've disagreed with someone afterwards, when whatever has happened has happened and I've accepted whatever the argument was, I might put my hand on someone's shoulder. It, it might be a gesture to say, oh, fair enough. Okay, that's over. Uh, let's move on. Um, and uh, yeah, the rule, like I say, if the rules say that you shouldn't do that, then yeah, yellow card. Uh, but nothing more than that, and nothing that he needs to do anything like an apology for, or or, or anything like that. Is he, he was caught in the heat of the moment? If he made a mistake against the rules, fair enough. But I don't think it was anything more uh, than that. Um, I'll throw something out there. Do people think it's worse because the linesman uh, linesman is a woman? Um, I, I, I'm staying away from it. I'm just bringing it up. Um, there could be a possibility. I mean, all you got to do, go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on Sky Sports News, have a look at the articles around this, have a look at the tweets and comments around this and make up your own mind. Um, but as I say, for me, I don't think it was a big deal. Um, some other notes about the game. Walker had a high boot, um, pretty much the same as Gomez on Mane, if you remember from the Liverpool-Everton game. Um, that came up um, uh, as, as an issue. Uh, for the commentators, but there wasn't really anything in it for me. Exactly the same as the Gomez Mane. No one actually got hurt. Yes, it was a high boot, but I don't think it was close enough um, for it to be anything worse. Um, I think Aubameyang could have had a couple in this game um, if uh, Arsenal were a bit more also progressive, if they actually tried a bit more. Um, I think they were more focused on being solid and not conceding any more. Uh, than they were going forwards. Um, and I've even got a little note here at the end to say, Mikel Arteta's hair is perfect. And I, say, <laughs> I was saying this to my missus, because we watched an interview that Mikel did um, with Sky Sports News beforehand. And his hair hasn't changed for the last like five years. Even when he was still a player, his hair was perfect. There's not a single bit of it out of place. Um, so shout out to Arteta's hair. Uh, but final score, as I say, Manchester City won, Arsenal nil. Arsenal did hand a substitute debut um, to Thomas Partey. Didn't really do much, but he does look like a hell um, of a player. Um, and Manchester City, happy to get the three points on the board, um, especially after their recent form as well. The notable one losing to Leicester. Um, so there we go. So that was Manchester City versus Arsenal. Uh, okay, four more games to go. Next one, uh, the Monday night football um, after West Brom versus Burnley saw Leeds United take on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, I pitched this one as last year's league entertainers going up against this year's league entertainers. I have to be honest, they kind of didn't live up to that for me when I was watching it. Um, don't get me wrong, both sides had chances to win the game. Um... But ultimately, it was a deflected shot from Wolves Raul Jimenez that went into the Leeds United goal that gave the um, Wolves team, or Portugal 2.0, if you look at their new kit, um, all three points. Um, I have no doubt that the um, Bielsa, the, the Leeds manager, probably would have absolutely killed every single one of the Leeds players after that. 
Um, but overall, a good three points for Wolves. Very, very tricky leads will be, and they will trip up a lot of teams this season. Um, but there wasn't really much else to say about it, really. I think there was a there was an early goal for Wolves who were ruled out offside, rightfully so, by VAR. So shout out to VAR then. Um, and um, well, the man of the match uh, was Max Kilman. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he is basically um, a Wolves player. <laughs> this is basically what I know about him. Uh, but he was the man of the match there. Ultimately, you know, uh, I won't beat around the bush with this one. I'll summarise this one. Wolves won 1-0 for a deflected shot. VAR got a decision right. Unlucky Leeds losing at home. Uh, Wolves probably not ready to give up their, their mantle um, as um, entertainers um, by beating you again. I guess. But we'll find out later on. Um, I am going to be doing a podcast dedicated to what's going on at Leeds United with a Leeds United fan uh, and good friend of mine, Edmund Wellington. So stay tuned for that on the Have A Crack podcast. Okay, next game to review um, was a derby between Crystal Palace and Brighton and Hove Albion. Now, it took me a little while to understand why on earth this is a derby because Crystal Palace is in London and Brighton, well, is by the beach, isn't it? Um, so, to be honest, I didn't actually look into why it was considered a derby. Um, so I'm just going to guess. It was seagulls versus eagles, and they're two types of birds, and different types of birds hate each other. Let's go with that. Uh, Crystal Palace um, scored uh, a penalty on 19 minutes with Wilfred Zaha, um, and basically then sat behind the ball. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion really did give the, the best uh, they could. To Palace, um, you could see that Palace's uh, objective after scoring the goal was to sit back, absorb, and, that, and then break if needed. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion really, really were trying hard to the point where um, I could see a lot of friction uh, between the Palace and Brighton players building over time. They actually had a bit of a kerfuffle um, towards the end of the game, um, which I'm surprised didn't actually end in, in quite a few yellows being handed out. Um, but what did happen is on 90 minutes, um, McAllister of Brighton Hove Albion scored an absolute belter, <clears throat> um, dashing Crystal Palace's hopes of a clean sheet. And obviously it was 1-1 by that point, 90 minutes gone, everyone assumed that would be the end of the action. Uh, but Brighton were pressing to try and get that winner in the dying moments, and they nearly got it. Um, Lewis Dunk, unfortunately, though, throwing his entire body at the feet of Gary Cahill and almost shattering his ankles. Basically, um, he knew he got given a red card, straight red card. I think he was already halfway down the tunnel when the ref actually brought it out. Um, but he tried. He tried to win it for his team. Fair play to that, I suppose. Uh, but ultimately, final whistle went. Crystal Palace won. Brighton and Hove Albion won. Lewis Dunk sent off. And yes, I am putting off the Tottenham West Ham one to the very end. <laughs> so, second to last game, Leicester City versus Aston Villa. So, Leicester City um, obviously losing to West Ham. <coughs> it has been a little bit of a, a downfall of them since um, drumming Man City. Um, but uh, final score was Aston Villa 1, Leicester City 0. Now, this was in danger of being a 0-0 with not much really to talk about, uh, just like the West Brom and Burnley game. But ultimately, Ross Barkley did an amazing, amazing strike on 91 minutes. And it shot past Schmeichel, giving Aston Villa 
a 1-0 win over Leicester. So their last game beat Liverpool 7-2 and now they've beat Leicester as well. Two former Premier League champions Aston Villa have defeated in two games. Fair play, boys. Uh, you're definitely doing the job. Um, there were chances um, at both ends. Harvey Barnes, I think, wasting uh, some golden opportunities for Leicester. Iniacho having a really good um, chance saved by Schmeichel. Um, and at the other end, Tyrone Mings um, should have really scored from a header as well. Um, so it could have been more, um, but a Barkley wonder strike and Chelsea must be kicking themselves letting Barkley go when you see the type of form he is. All he needs is to be trusted. That's all he needed. And um, he's getting there to Aston Villa and Aston Villa are most certainly reaping the rewards of it. So final score, Leicester City nil, Aston Villa, nil, uh, Aston Villa one. There you go, got it right. <sighs> okay. And then we come to the final game of my first Premier League review podcast. Tottenham Hotspur versus West Ham United. Tottenham went 1-0 up inside the first minute for a lovely goal from Hyun Min Song. Basically got it um, on the edge of the area. Curled one in past um, Fabianski. Brilliant. I think it was assisted by Kane as well. Absolutely fantastic. Note, Bale wasn't on the pitch for this. He was um, only given a place on the bench, but you could see in Jose's eyes that he was going to make an appearance at some point. Obviously, this comes off the back of an international break, one that both teams didn't really want after West Ham having impressive wins over Leicester and Wolves and Tottenham beating Man United 6-2 as they did. Um, it took seven more minutes for Tottenham to get a second one. Harry Kane basically managing to dance around the West Ham defence um, and slot a ball through Declan Rice's feet um, and then smashed into the goal. Um, and then it took a further eight minutes for Tottenham to get a third. Harry Kane latching on to a Sergio Regulon's um, cross. Um, dink header in the back of the net. 3-0. At this point... A former guest on this show, George, um, texted me to say um, this is going to be a cricket score. Um, you're going to score six again. We're absolutely shocking. Our defence is awful. And I have to be honest, at this point, I honestly thought, yep, we've won this game. We'll probably score a couple more. West Ham might get another one if they're... Might, West Ham might get one, you know, because that's the way things go uh, if you're a Tottenham fan. Um, but ultimately, I think we've got this game wrapped up. Then something horrible happened. We didn't score for the rest of the first half. And you could see that we did kind of take our foot off the pedal a little bit towards the dying couple of minutes. And my missus said something really interesting to me. She said, no, this is not a fair game. You should let West Ham score so it's a good game for everyone and all the spectators. And I tried very, very hard to calmly explain to her, no. You cannot be like that in football. If you're like that in football, they score one, all of a sudden all they've got to do is get one more and then they're one away from a draw. And you just can't do that in the Premier League. You have to be ruthless, you have to score as many as you possibly can uh, because this is the Premier League. Anybody can beat anybody, anybody can get a lucky goal, anybody um, can, can lose concentration letting a stupid goal, and wonder goals happen all the freaking time. And wouldn't you bloody know it, the minutes that West Ham scored, 
82 minutes, 85 minutes and 94 minutes. They scored three goals um, pretty much quicker than we scored our three. Okay, Balbuena, who was actually responsible for letting Son get in so easily in the first minute, got a header. George really, really liked pointing out to me he's one of the shortest players on the pitch. Davison Sanchez then scored an own goal, which, if he left, probably wouldn't have gone in. Um, and then we're thinking, OK, OK, it's 85 minutes. We still have, what, nine minutes to go if you include added time. Plenty of time for West Ham to score again, yes, but plenty of time for us to just waste, just take it to the corner flag, hook it up, field, pass it among yourselves. You know, West Ham have, have put themselves a bit, uh, based themselves in a bit more glory. I've got a couple of goals, fair enough, but let that be, end, be the end of it. Um, it's worth noting as well that in the midst of all this, Gareth Bale was on and he did have a golden opportunity to score a fourth goal, but he couldn't quite get his feet right uh, and ultimately Fabianski saved. <clears throat> and then it happened. 94th minute. <sighs> the ball comes into the box. Um, it's semi-cleared um, by, I think it was Aurier. Then it was um, just booted just a couple of feet in front of him by Harry Winks. Lanzini picked up the ball and just thought, screw it. And he, ironically, with the name of this podcast being used, he had a crack. And boy, howdy, did it pay off. It was an unbelievable strike. It was an unbelievable goal. And I have to be honest, I don't think I have ever, ever been angrier in football. Um, a you know, Tottenham fans, if you want to blame my missus uh, for that result because she jinxed it by saying let him score, uh, be my guest. I doubt she will have got this far into the podcast um, and listening to this anyway. Uh, if you are, hi, honey. Love you. Um, but uh, I was so angry. George, on the other hand, would love me to point out the fact that he sent me voice clip after voice clip after voice clip uh, of him celebrating he's and to this day he's sending me gifts and memes and everything about how three nil and you and you screwed it up obviously twitter and facebook were full of it you know spurs are being spursy and bottle jobs but ultimately tottenham blew the chance to go second behind uh, the likes of everton um and instead we now find ourselves below arsenal um having played the same amount um and uh, the second draw with a team that, in my opinion, we should have we should have destroyed. And we were destroying. Um, you know, Newcastle being the first one, we should have won that one. Uh, and we should have won West Ham as well. If it comes down to it at the end of the season, that the, the um, what is it, the, the four points that we would have got extra from these games. Um, if, it, if that's the difference between top four, top two, or even the Premiership, if you want to dream. Um you know, we'll be kicking ourselves about these results. Um, being, trying to be as neutral as possible. Fair play to West Ham. Never give up attitude. If a team is winning against you and they take the foot, their foot off the gas, you know, it's a bit like smelling blood in the water. You are Premier League footballers. You take advantage as much as you can. Um, the players deserve full credit. Full credit and Lanzini, what a shot, mate! If I ever meet you in person, I will remind you of this goal um, 
uh, I will buy you a beer and I will pour it over your head. Um, all in good goodwill, of course. That's negativity. Uh, and, uh, to end on a positive, though, guys, Spurs, we got a point. You know, it's better than no points. Harry Kane and Son adding to their goal scoring and assist tally. Bale's now been on the pitch and he could have scored. He didn't, but he could have done. Um, you know, so if he starts getting a couple of games under his belt, he could be very good. Jose will, of course, um, be ruthless, I think. I think someone like Harry Winks or, or Sergio Rio might feel a bit of a, <coughs> a slap coming their way. Sanchez as well, possibly. Um, but they will they will learn from it. They will grow. Um, I think it did highlight the need for that new centre-back that we were craving for in Skriniar. I think he was there. if he was there instead of Sanchez, we wouldn't have had the own goal and maybe Balbuena wouldn't have got his head to it and we would be talking about a 3-0 win. But, you know, there are positives. We are still talked about in that um, title picture. Um, and, you know, positives, guys. As, as, as annoying and as horrible as it was and how insufferable your West Ham fans may... Uh, your, your West Ham friends may be right now. Um, it's only temporary. We play them again. And next time, let's make sure we do beat them 6 nearly. Eh? Um, but of course, as I said, completely neutral. <laughs> right, um, so that, ladies and gentlemen, was all the Premier League action from this weekend. I can tell you that the top of the table at the moment is Everton with 13 points. Second is Aston Villa with 12 points. Liverpool coming in third with 10 points and Leicester, Arsenal and Wolves um, all um, in fourth position on nine points but Leicester being first in that on goal difference followed by Arsenal, followed by Wolves. Tottenham um, and Chelsea in seventh and eighth position. Tottenham above Chelsea again in goal difference only. Uh, followed by West Ham, Leeds, City, Southampton, Newcastle and Crystal Palace all on seven points each. Goal difference separating them in the order that I read them out. Man United now up to 15th with six points. Good for you. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion and West Brom sit in 16th and 17th on four and two points. And making up the bottom of the Premier League with one point apiece. Burnley, Sheffield United and Fulham. Fulham being in 20th place due to the goal difference of minus eight. Um, but that is all, guys. That was your Premier League review. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found uh, my take on things interesting. And if you didn't watch the Premier League, hopefully I've summed it up nicely for you. Um, be sure to check out Have a Crack uh, podcast.co.uk you can listen to all my previous episodes on there you can also listen to them on spotify and don't forget to check out ljpbucketlist.co.uk um, for anything to do with setting yourself some goals setting yourself some things to do in life and then bloody doing them i've been luke peach and this was have a crack podcast thank you very much